One boy, one special boy, one boy to oh, be there happening. forever and ever. One boy. Season three, episode four of the boys. Let the let's hear it for the boys. I'm Alex. That was beautiful, Alex. Oh, Let me you. just say, really nice, really much. appreciate it. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about, as crooned just before, Season 3, Episode 4 of The Boys' Glorious Five-Year Plan, which is up on the old Amazon Prime video now, so go check that out first, because we are going to spoil it. You can get that. This is the great thing about Prime Video, guys, is you can get some cheap shipping, and you can also watch episodes of The Boys, you know? So, like, those are the two things wow. you can get with your subscription. It's great. Well, what, are you trying to kiss up for free yeah, shipping? Yeah, exactly. What are you... Listen, I don't know that Bezos does listen to our podcast, but I also know that he does. don't know that he doesn't listen to our podcast. He has so. a lot more free time, and he seems to have mm-hmm. a lot of attitude, so it feels like The Boys is a show right over the plate for him. He got a whole goddamn uh, big block of wood to promote Lord of the Rings. He can take a little time to listen to our goddamn boys podcast. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, now now you're suddenly mad at Jeff. Yeah, this <laughs> you're is all a, over the dial, I'm brother. Going, I'm going through a lot of emotions here. But why don't we instead go through a lot or at least a little bit of recap for this episode. So in this episode, the boys head to Russia. They go to the home of Yakov Smirnov to track down both a weapon that seemingly killed Soldier Boy. By the end of the episode, they find out it did not kill Soldier Boy. In fact, Soldier Boy is very much alive and escapes. But also to do a mission for Nina, specifically to kill a Russian oligarch, Kamiko gets tasked to do that. She doesn't really like it. She's wrestling with the whole idea of her being a weapon or not. And everybody's pushing back against Busher, except for Huey, was very interested in the temporary V that Butcher has been using. He sneaks some of his own, and by the end, he gets his own power revealed, much to the horror of everybody, which is nude teleporting. Uh, So there you go. Meanwhile, back on the home front, Homelander and Starlight are clashing after the events of American Hero, the last episode. They're pretending dating date, but of course they hate each other. Starlight is slowly building a coalition of people to take on Homelander, but makes, uh, well, she doesn't make a big error, but her error is she recruits Supersonic, her old boyfriend, and then Supersonic's big error is he recruits A-Train, who immediately betrays him and leads to his death on a rooftop, and that's where we leave the end of the episode. So lots of good stuff. We are churning through plot points on this show this season. We really are. And and the other one that I'll mention, which is a huge one, is Victoria Newman betrays Stan Edgar, her adoptive father, in this episode for Homelander so she can get some V for Newman Newman. for her daughter. Uh, So, yeah, Stan Edgar out at Vaught as, as well. Goodbye, Giancarlo Esposito. Temporarily. I mean, we'll finally, see. We'll finally see. the origin of Gus Frank. <laughs> Fired that, from It Vaught. was weird how when he was like, Homelander, you're nothing. You're nothing to me at all. You're just bad product. Now to create some good product, chicken. Yeah, chicken man. <laughs> um, man, uh, Stan Edgar, he's down, but he still knows how to get yeah, a gut yeah. punch in there. Mm-hmm. It's not Great out. stuff. Uh, now, what did you guys overall think of this episode? Because like we said, there's a lot of huge stuff going on here. What was your take? Pretty, pretty intense. I didn't know it was teleportation. I thought maybe Huey could just uh, run fast or something. Like mm. he, I, It seemed like he ran out of his clothes, but maybe it's teleportation. 
I will say I thought it was running fast too, and I thought um, that was ironic. Given yeah, because of A Train. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is what got him into this whole um, mess. Uh, but I, I guess we'll see. I mean, I, I like this episode a lot. I think the show. The show moves so quickly uh, in a great way and keeps us guessing all the time. It's one of those shows where you can't catch your breath enough to be, like, bored in any way or yeah. to be comfortable feeling like you know the story. But at the same time, they're always putting all the pieces on the table. Like, I feel like the clues to what's going to happen in episode eight of the season are in front of us right now. It's just we can't put them together. So you're saying this is just like Blue's Clues? Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, cool. Butcher's clues. And you got to put them together. You got to um, do a little dance. Who's, who's this? And Huey's the striped shirt guy. Yeah, the, clearly. I got to tell you, I put my kids down in front of Butcher's clues, and now they just keep calling me a right cunt. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, we actually we taught your kids that we taught your kids that. That's oh, that was fault. you guys. I sat <laughs> yeah. them down in front of our podcast. Sorry about yeah. that. That's um, no. We, we taught that that just separately. That one time when <laughs> Pete and I babysat your kids, mm-hmm. we were like, you know, your dad, he's a right cunt. <laughs> oh God, I hate that word. We are, however, halfway through the season. I will say it was very surprising to me, just from having seen the promo for the season coming in here, that we're four episodes in and it isn't until the end of this episode that we really do get the reveal of present day soldier boy. We've gotten to see him a little bit in flashbacks. We've seen him as well in, I don't know. Solid gold. Solid Solid gold. gold. There you go. Uh, But getting to see him at the end here. Great. It's definitely, it feels like a turning point for the season, but that is one thing that I do think they took their time with. And I, I think it's worth it. Honestly. Also, uh, Homelander has horrible opinions about views and what makes an amazing view. And uh, I completely disagree. Mm. Well, I mean, sometimes it's a little thing. Sometimes it's a beautiful cityscape. Sometimes it's a little uh, corpse surprise that you uh, prepared. <laughs> well, I mean, he's, he's romantic. So you're, so you're saying that you're fine either way? Because it's, it's all about the misdirect. It's all about the misdirect in magic and in romance. You want to, the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing, and sometimes it's murdering an ex. The oh, original man. version of going to the top of the Empire State Building on Valentine's Day is hey, you want to see a dead body? Yeah, exactly. An affair to remember. You're the remember that. part was the murder. <laughs> and let's not forget that the third part of the prestige is the corpse <laughs> over there. Spoilers. A lot Spoilers of for the prestige. Yeah, uh, I did want to point out, though, one thing that I think this season is doing really, really well. And I, I honestly don't remember whether it was hit this hard in previous seasons is cyclical cyclical abuse that's going on here. Like we've talked about this in previous episodes, but it's very clear here. The reason I bring it up now is you mentioned the Homelander view thing. He's doing the same thing that Stan Edgar did to him. Like Stan Edgar was like, Hmm, there's actually a really good view on this floor and leaves Homelander with a bad taste in his mouth at the end there when he calls him bad product. Then later he visits it down on starlight by giving her like a discount version of that with supersonic's dead body. You get the same thing with Homelander saying, uh, what was the phrase? Is Are you being fucked by your idiot brain? Is your yeah. brain being fucked by stupid? Stupid, yeah. Stupid. It was, there you go. And Which, then got Ashley then turned around and used it herself. Mm-hmm. And then well, the whole punishment reveal. 
Yeah, and not to get too in the weeds about the specific moments, I just bring this up because this has been happening a lot this season, where somebody abuses somebody and then somebody else abuses somebody else down the chain, and that's how the world works. That's how things happen, but it's... That's how bad parts of the world work. Thank you. Thank you. I mean... Oh, oh, Alex. (laughs) Alex is crying. No, there's like, you know, the good kind, right? Hey, Alex, no, is your brain being, is your brain being fucked to... by sadness right now? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> anyway, I, I really like how they're doing this. I think it's a really good theme this season and a really smart theme, and it's hard to watch, but they keep hitting it over and over again, and it's working really well. That's When I, I married my wife, I uh, right after we walked down the aisle, I leaned into her and said, is your brain being fucked by happiness? Oh right my now? God. <laughs> she was like, yes. Oh my Yay. God. And that's how um, you knew it was true love? That's how I knew. Well, at that point, we were married. So I was, oh, I was hoping too I late. knew before that. You we should like, have asked too before. Late. Too late. Uh, hey, that's a great romantic comedy movie moment right there. Yeah. Uh, let me say, Pete, right? Romantic comedy, rom com beat. <laughs> um, nope. It's nope. not a trope. Yeah. It's not a trope, but it's a good Ashton moment. Ashton Kutcher and Zoe Deutsch star in Too Late. Ooh, good. Uh, Zoe Deutsch. A lot of Ashton uh, Kutcher uh, takedowns here. Uh, in, uh, Alex is number one actor in the country right now. Yeah. Uh, you loved his Dorito commercial? Was that what it was? Cheetos. 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 Here's cool. the thing. He and Mila Kudix number one uh, fan. sing beautifully. <laughs> In that yeah. commercial, oh. and I'm just inspired by them every time I hear them. Right before we start the boys podcast, <laughs> I put on the Cheetahs podcast on a loop for like 40 minutes. It's Cheetahs not a podcast; get, uh... it's a commercial. <laughs> it's really? Every, yeah. Hey, Pete, man, you think about it. Everything's a podcast. Uh, let's not. Life's a long let's... podcast, bro. It's yeah. too many. When out my there. kids look at me and say, "You're right, cunt," I'm like, "Nice podcast, kids." Yeah. <laughs> Alex, quit yell, quit podcasting at the kids. They're so upset. I wanted to say about this season that when the last season, I think um, we talked about a lot about how composed it was. And it felt like they took a couple of themes and ideas and all of the inner workings and betrayals, um, uh, especially like uh, the, the way that Homelander, Becca and Butcher sort of rotated around each other. And in the end, we ended up with Becca dead and, and Butcher having one up on Homelander. This season feels like it's a little less composed. It's a little more scattershot. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that's not necessarily a negative. It just means they're sort of talking about a lot of things at once. Like we get this uh, take on the Pepsi. Um, oh, yeah. The, Come uh, on, the, man. Was it the Kylie Jenner Pepsi commercial? Yep, exactly uh, where, what it was. Uh, she puts the Pepsi. I like how you act like you don't know. Kendall. I, I had the yeah, wrong I, gender. Uh, I, had the wrong I gender. love the Kardashians. Ask me yeah. to name all them. You know, don't ask me to name all of them. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I know them. You know I know them, so I don't need to name all of them. I know because whenever you're not talking on the show, you're mouthing their names. <laughs> so it's, I definitely it's know that you know them. Yeah. Watch the uh, Cheetos commercial podcast for 40 minutes. Oh Name God. all the Kardashians over and over. It's the only way I yeah. know how to live my life. It's, That's it's like your Arya, Arya list before you go to bed from Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, you're not doing very well, Alex, by the way. Nope. Um, but uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I think like, they have like just a little scene that, that has that little bit of commentary. I have A-Train dealing with sort of like, uh, like a racial um, sort of he's mm-hmm. coming to his issues in a way and but also he's betraying people at the same time like it's a little bit deep all, yeah the deep the deep is like coming back his wife is like sort of puppeting him in a weird way yeah. he likes it creepy like, way there's just so much going on so it's a little more scattershot 
but it's still touching on so much stuff. It's still mm-hmm. super exciting to watch. It's become like a little bit of a, a drug metaphor is what we're going for sort of across the board. And I feel like some of these characters, this season's the last we're going to see of them. Mm. Well, yeah, for sure. But also like we're watching Huey just kind of go downhill. I mean, he used to be a pretty decent guy who a lot of bad things happened to, but now he's just seeking it out, making his girlfriend fucking do horrible things for his plan. I mean, this is just, it's a lot of bad planning and people working independently instead of together. And um, it yeah. seems like uh, Maeve's the only one ready. Everybody else is kind of, you know, excuse the expression, fucking a duck. You know what I mean? It's a little, <laughs> little too crazy. That's a good thing, though, right? No, nope. no, it's not. Okay. Hmm. Depends on the duck, I guess. Uh, <laughs> what? I, I agree with you, though. It does like, not depend on the duck, by okay. the way. I guess I'm from a different region or part <laughs> yeah, of the country. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the- different colloquialisms. Um, but I, I do think, though, that you're right, Pete, that like everyone's sort of not being smart right now in the show. Yeah. And they're That's beholden upsetting. to the people above them in the power structure. And to your point from earlier, Alex, they're kicking all their shit down to the people below them in the power structure. Like you have uh, Huey working for Newman, finds out that she's a soup, terrified of her. So he breaks his arm, which like that's a crazy idea. And so he's all he's just everyone's just fucked up. And the drug metaphor is like fucking up Butcher and Huey. That scene in the van at the end where they don't give a shit that Kamiko's dying. And they're just Huey's like just uh, drugged out. And Butcher's just moving on to the next thing because he's becoming like Homelander-esque in his thinking. It's yeah, also it's, oh sorry go ahead Pete it, uh, it's it's just it's sad to see and it's kind of like you know Butcher is pushing people his mother's milk uh, points out uh, uh, too much and is kind of uh, abusing being reckless and the fact that you know he's uh, you know not a great leader but then kind of was like hey you should be the leader but I'm still gonna do these horrible things uh, yeah it's just. Uh, it's all going wrong and uh, you're, I'm hoping that we're going to really kind of get some solid plan making because right now uh, it's just, uh, it's not fun to watch. One thing uh, that I just wanted to throw out there that I think this season is doing really well in terms of the temporary V and the way they are treating it as an addiction, as well as just the horrified looks on everybody else's faces when Huey uses his powers, punches through a dude that everybody's disappointed in him. They're horrified in Butcher. Uh, from the comics, we know this. I don't know if all the listeners know this, but they use V from the very beginning. Like, that's sort of part of the induction into the boys is you get injected with V so you can level the playing field because otherwise, how could they ever stand up to these soups? So that makes sense, I guess, for the comic books. But here, there is a real line of, like, this is the thing that separates us. And I think what they're really pushing, particularly with that shot of Huey totally blissed out, you know, putting his head out of the car like a dog, his arm glowing a little bit. That Yeah, nodding off. Yeah, that this at least points to this V really screws people up. And we've yeah. known this. We know that it kind of like emphasizes the worst from qualities of you. Yeah, from A-Train and just in general. But like seeing that specifically with Huey really underscores that thing and really points to how Butcher with the temporary V is point pushing them in the wrong direction. And now Huey is headed in the wrong direction, exactly like you're saying. Well, yeah, and the other side... Also- 
I was just going to say that, like, the uh, Huey punching through somebody should have wrecked him. Like, because that's exactly what, you know, like, his girlfriend got ran through, you know. So, like, seeing the blood and seeing what he did, if he wasn't so fucked up on V and wasn't so kind of should have just been, like, this moment of, like, holy shit, I need to walk away. I mean, everyone on his team is completely disappointed in him. And it's, you know, like that should be, but he he doesn't care. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the corruption of power. Like, it feels like it's all that. And it's these rare characters that are in the boys, including Starlight, that are like, hey, we need to check this corruption of power. But everyone's like Stan Edgar is the only one who sort of seems like he's above it. Um, and he's just sort of like bored by it because he's had too much control uh, for all this time. But I want to say back on the drug side, drug metaphor side of it. Uh, the people person we haven't talked about is Newman goes against her father, her surrogate father, like gets him thrown out of vaught, betrays him, takes Homelander's side, the person she's been after for so long, so that she can get some real V to inject into her daughter, right? Oh, heartbreak. And that was a horrifying scene. Yeah, and, and that's kind of like, you know, Starlight had a kind of similar situation where she was betrayed by her mom, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and you see like... Newman is like she's subjecting. She was experimented on when she was a kid and had this horrible situation we saw earlier this season. And then she's subjecting her daughter for her daughter's protection. She says uh, to the same thing, and it's just uh, like you said, Alex. It's a it's a cyclical thing of people mm-hmm. doing committing the sins that were visited upon them upon the next person in line. Um, but I do want to say I want to give a shout out to Claudia Dubit who plays Victoria Newman because I think the way she is playing that character this season is. So good and so sympathetic, even in that scene when she's doing this thing that is terrible. She's really getting across how scared Newman is, how she feels like this is the last resort. This is the only possibility to keep her daughter safe in this world. And uh, yeah, it's just a really good acting job. Good Newman, Newman. (laughs) But also to get back to uh, just what you're saying about power corrupts, like, it's such a kind of like thing of like we see Starlight think she's going to have power to be able to make change, but she's immediately pocketed by Homelander and like Huey kind of like trying to get power, but doing horrible things. It's just this thing that, uh, you know, is uh, such a real trap that, uh, you know, super, you know, becoming something like that, uh, that you kind of struggle with. So it is interesting to see all these people fail, but then makes you look at like people in different stages of it. Like we've seen a train, like touch it and, and make horrible thing choices and run through people. Uh, but now trying to redeem himself and it's kind of mixed emotions to see him trying to do some right moves, you know, the similar with, the deep where you're kind of like, Oh, you know, like the deeps trying to redeem himself, but he's also doing it in such a horrible way. And he's being manipulated. I I disagree about the deep trying to redeem himself. I think at this point he's, he's done. Like maybe, maybe there'll be something else later on, but he's completely prostrated himself to Homelander. He'll do absolutely anything to keep in the seven. His wife (laughs) is feeding him lines, even in the middle of meetings. Like, 
he he has nothing at this point, and that's fine. He sucks, you know, so sure. it's okay. Keep I him think- in that place, but I don't think he's in the redemption arc that A-Train is in, which we talked about this a little bit the last episode, but I think they did a really good job with incremental steps here with him in terms of his slow awakening, in terms of actual racial justice, like the way... Yeah. I'm blanking on the actor's name, uh, but the way that he is playing it, I think he, he's just like making these very small baby steps of, hey, actually, I think we should do something, but I don't know the thing we should do or how to get out of this place. And even his move to tell Homelander about the insurrection or mutiny or whatever you want to call it is almost side to whatever is going on with A-Train right now, because all of the stuff with him doing the commercial, clearly having that shot at the end where he realizes this is a stupid thing that I'm doing. All, uh, what is it? Is Blue Hawk the character? Blue, Blue Hawk, yeah. Yeah, who is going up again uh, against... All of this stuff is so smart and precise. I want to contrast that with something that I also think is very precise in the moment, but points to the scattershot thing you're talking about, Justin, which is Homelander's storyline. Because I think Mm. at the end of, was it the second episode, the one where he gives the men's rights speech at his birthday party? Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Love that. Felt like, okay, this is a clear path. We're going to put him as like a leader of the men's right movement. Great perfect place for Homelander to be in terms of terrible people. Yeah, say, don't say great terrible. after that. That's like well, not I'm, a great I'm a men's right. I'm a men's uh, right activist. Uh, get out of here. I, well, it was I fun just feel like I men aren't really getting their due in oh, modern society God, because of woke cancel culture. Does that you seem... Couldn't even, you couldn't even say therapy. men's right advocate. <laughs> I can't say it either. Activate. Nope, it's too That's hard. That's how bad we are at it. Oh my God. This is this is what society has done to men is we can't say the phrase men right. You're an activist for the boys. You're a boys' rights advocate. <laughs> yep, no, pretty much. Um, anyway, my point being, it's a perfectly awful place to put Homelander there. But then we had this whole thing with American Hero where it was more about like the power dynamics and dealing with the co-captaincy with Starlight, which was also really good and there was good dramatic stuff, but didn't directly pick up on that in any necessarily clear way. And then this episode, it seems like he's getting more into... Trumpism and kind of like Q conspiracy and this whole thing of like, I'm a person in power, but I'm not going to recognize that and talk about how the people in power are against me, even though that's absolute nonsense, which again, like I thought is, is uh, going on the Cameron Coleman show. Yeah. Super precise, super fun and horrifying in exactly the right Homelander way. But it doesn't feel like it. It feels like it's wobbly in terms of the metaphor that they're working with. Well, let me say, I I partially agree with you. He does feel like he's everywhere all the time, which matches yeah. his power set a little bit. Um, but I, I also think if the point is like, yes, he can make a anti-cancel culture men's rights uh, speech at the same time he's going on and talking about conspiracy theories. I think the point is like, that's what people in power in our world are doing. They're playing victim at the same time. They're um, exercising power in a, in a maximalist mm-hmm. consequences be damned way. And so like, I think he is playing, maybe they're playing with a larger sort of cultural commentary with, with Homelander there. But I also think my theory for the season, he is doing so much. They're squeezing sort of all of the juice out of this character. I think he goes down this season. Ooh. That's it for Homelander. Final well, season? I, well, I I think that 
what's interesting is get juiced. Uh, the Edgar is right. Is he doesn't have anywhere else to hide? You know, like mm-hmm. Homelander is now going to, uh, and as Edgar calls it, very shortly blow up in a way that um, you know he won't be able to recover from or hide behind anybody if he's the one running everything. But man, it, you know, it's it's crazy to see Homelander because sometimes he's like kind of all over the place. But if he's like focused on, you know, like the way he took and everybody down in this episode was scary, impressive. And the way he played everybody, it's like, holy shit, how are these guys going to win? It was such a cool move to be like, have them sort of building a little uh, group, a little super group. And then have that be instantly destroyed. Mm -hmm. Starlight put right back under his power in a devastating way. Supersonic destroyed. A train sort of not uh, not on their side, just sort of going for his own thing. Um, tough, tough yeah. app for the. For the it good was guys. Uh, it was a real rough app, but then you know it ended with some real fun uh, uh, music there, which uh, I thought was a, a fun touch there at the end of the credits. <laughs> yes, that really softened the blow of seeing Supersonic ripped to shreds on a roof and Starlight absolutely. And you, I mean, as an Alex, you had to feel for that a little bit, you know. Oh. Absolutely, uh, that's how I want to go out. Honestly, now is it true ripped that Alex your anytime limbs ripped apart on top of a roof? It's <laughs> a way to go, man. Wow. Yeah, I want it to be slow, devastating, <laughs> and uh, distant. Hopefully, yeah. videotaped and sent to my kids, and be like, oh, they'll be like, God. "That's the end of that, right, cunt?" <laughs> Stop! They really you said the you hated saying that I do, word. Yeah, you I do, but it. I already said it two times, so I had to say it a third time. No, nope, uh, well, you know, I agree with the rule of threes, but we didn't get a rule of threes with this great joke in the last fight with the boys, where they're like, uh, "That's for Rocky Three, that's for yeah. Red Dawn." Yeah. We didn't get the, a third one. Third one, yeah. I was I, so surprised. I really liked his like Red Dawn, motherfucker. Yeah. Rocky Four, motherfucker. It's great. Uh, Rocky Four is it Rocky Three as well. Good stuff. Uh, we didn't right. talk about Frenchie and Kamiko though, which is uh, a big function of this episode. Go ahead, Pete. That's just so heartbreaking because there were numerous times where he should have just walked away with her. The both of them should have just walked away together, had some kind of life. But the fact that as soon as he says, yes, we'll walk away from after this job, I was like, that's the kiss of death. That's mm-hmm. the yeah, fucking, you that. you, you, the one more job, we just got to do one more job is the kiss of death. You can't. That's what I said about us doing a podcast. And that's why like, we can't ever quit. <laughs> I was like, I'll do one more job. <sighs> I don't want to die. for this shit. Yeah, oh, there it is. Uh, I mean, I agree. Like, it was, like, very sad. It doesn't feel like Kamiko's dead yet, though, right? I hope not. She's one of the no, best characters. I, yeah, I think we've seen her get hurt. There's obviously a mystery there in terms of what's going on with Soldier Boy. He, We've seen him as, like, and he's been framed up in the promo as the Captain America of the show. But clearly, he's doing something else here, right? He's exploding he seems to potentially wipe out her powers or something like that a great maybe way to perhaps uh, kill homelander yeah potentially. maybe that's the weapon part of it that is feels, feels right i we gotta like say a mazda though, just feels right the oh. her fight sequence and her <laughs> kind of like like a mazda uh, it, you know it poison 
you know, uh, when Poison started playing and she had the high heels on and like that whole thing was just so well done. And the reason you watch the boys for really fucked up fight sequences that are like you kind of want to turn right, but you're like, oh, my God, this is so crazy. I can't, you know, type of thing where it's just so in the intense and over the top and a ton of fun. I want to point out that poison moment in particular, because I think that is something that the boys does so well. I've been feeling, and we talked about this before on uh, the podcast, I've been feeling a little bit like this season is a little more macho, like skirting edgelord a little bit at times. And maybe that's the Mm. omnipresence of Homelander. But the thing that we've called out about previous seasons is how it works against that feeling from the comic books, which, mind you, works for the comic books, but really tweaks things in a very specific and more progressive way. And I think the Poison moment really did that, because as soon as Kamiko came out to Poison in the sparkly dress and was walking there, any other show would have had like her slow-mo walking, and you'd be like, whoa, this character who normally dresses down is actually hot. I can't believe it. But the fact that they completely undercut that with her tripping on the heels, I thought was a, and they did the like record scratch of the music. Perfect moment. It was great. It shows you that like, they're still on it. They still know what's going on. They're not totally going into being like, we're just doing extreme dude stuff. Even though I think honestly, like a large part of the audience watches it like that, which is very weird, but they're not letting themselves being swayed by that, even though perhaps the audience might want to push it in that direction. That's what subversive comedy is all about. Is mm-hmm. You're hiding the, the the satire, the cultural commentary just underneath the layer of the veneer of like, cool, uh, your dick's out. Uh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> just a heads up, your dick's out. Yeah. Also, that was a great line, too, though, just on the yeah. level of like, it's funny because you say your dick's out, but also mm-hmm. like. Now they see exactly who Huey is. 100%. So, good stuff. Both the Hey Man Butcher exposed themselves uh, mm-hmm. literally in the Huey's uh, capacity. I want to give a shout out to a character I hope you see again, Jamie the Hamster. Oh, my God, Jamie the Hamster. <laughs> I wanted a whole Jamie the Hamster <laughs> spinoff show. Mm-hmm. Just all Jamie the Hamster. You know what I mean? That is 100% this season's laser baby, I will say. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're going to see that uh, that hamster again. I also thought it was a gerbil. We better. First, literally, I was writing in my notes, cool gerbil. And they was like, it's actually a hamster. I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, show. But let me question for you. Was the uh, Soldier Boy machine the same as the Jamie the Hamster machine? Like, it looked like they were connected. They first, well, right? It looked like like... One of them was keeping the other one in place where it was like, if you release them, they're going to lock themselves in a battle to the death or something. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, do you think that's Soldier Boy is our chat to be? Yeah. The only one who can kill Best Soldier friend. Boy is, uh, yeah, Jamie. I mean, I guess that's a riff on, and again, a lot of people in the audience probably know this, but one of Captain America's arch nemeses in the comics is a chinchilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry? That's it. You yeah. know from the comics. I don't need you to know tell from you. the comics. So it's, it's I don't a remember that. It's, it's I don't remember that. Yeah. Issue he's a one. Chinchilla. He's a I'm Nazi. Sorry, he's trailed off there. Yeah, he's in, yeah it's he's in, in issue one. Nazi. Nazi. Alex, uh, just quick edit point. Mm. Um, your your hands covering your mouth, so it's hard to hear the issue <laughs> yeah, number. Yeah. You know, oh, okay. why don't we get a couple of takes? I've of you always saying? loved one. 
Let's just have you get a couple takes of saying the issue number so we have it and we can go back and put it in the right I'll spot. do it afterwards. I'll, I'll do it when we're done. Fix that post. And I'll put it back. We'll fix that. We'll put that yeah. in the post because I want to make sure we get this out. The, <laughs> the red skull chinchilla that we're talking about because it's a huge. Oh, now it's character. a red skull chinchilla. Yeah, it's like a Nazi. Uh, but it's a tiny I, I don't skull. know how it worked. I mean, I think the clues that we have right now are that something happened back in Nicaragua. We thought that Soldier Boy was killed. Clearly, the Russians were taking him. They put him in this very Winter Soldier-type facility. Mm -hmm. He clearly has powers beyond just being Captain America. Um, Seems like that's something that probably came from the facility, but whether that is affecting the gerbils and hamsters and other people or something they did to him... We don't necessarily know as Oh, you think there's more gerbils that we were going to discover? I think uh, eventually this is going to be like a Trouble with Tribbles type thing, and it's just going to be a pile of gerbils by the last episode. Trouble, uh, grubble with gerbils? (laughs) The grubble with gerbils? I don't don't know what happened there. (laughs) We'll get that one later, too. (laughs) You know, let's just do the whole thing again. Let's finish this up, and then we'll go back. We'll we'll do the whole thing again later. We all have pickups. And now let me ask you, is that hamster, is Jamie going to end up in someone's butt? Why would you say Uh, that, man? Why I mean, would you say no, that? No, that's, that's a good guess. <laughs> that's what I'm talking don't, about. Don't do that, man. I have who's one that? other. I have one wait, other what's that? Wait, who was that with the hamster? It was uh, uh, Richard Gere, Well, a Gere, lot of people right? in practice, Richard but, um, famously Richard Gere. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I, well, they had someone in a pee hole, so you got to think that gerbil is going to an asshole. Mm-hmm. That's, that's great. <laughs> that's classic heightening right there. Pete? Oh, man. Yeah. The First thing television. they did in the writer's room, they opened up the writer's room for season three. They're like, before we get into any of the plot or anything, <laughs> let's talk about the three holes. Okay? Oh, my Put God. Put the three holes the on the board. <laughs> we yeah, got the pee hole. We got the <laughs> asshole. We got <laughs> the, the secret third hole <laughs> that people yep. don't know about. Yeah, no one talk oh about the God. third hole. Oh. Uh, I have one other prediction that I want to make uh, based on this episode. With Stan Edgar off the board, I think we're going to see an, an Ashley power play. I think mm-hmm. she's going to end up uh, betraying Homelander or some version of the power structure and becoming a new Stan Edgar-esque. Character. Yeah, but which Ashley? Is it going to be Ashley or Ashley's Ashley? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Great question. Great question. How deep do the Ashleys go? And I'm, I was a little disappointed we didn't get more of that fun. Where I feel like in other episodes they've hit the Ashley's Ashley a little bit harder. Um, I, I don't want that to fade away because that's a fun bit. Yeah. Yep. Well, I bet we'll get it a third time. Uh, before we start to wrap up here, though, any other notes from the episode? We mentioned the solid gold uh, soldier boy doing yep. Rapture by Blondie. Very oh, fun man. way to open up the episode. That was great. Very fun. Mother's Milk watching that, pulling an L.A. Confidential on the chair in front of him. Oh, yeah. Um, that's sort of a boiling storyline that I feel like is going to pop next episode. Uh, um, also, uh, we didn't really talk about this, but uh, Nina trades Cherie's life for them killing this Russian oligarch. Um, so that seems to wrap up that pretty neatly. But uh, it was nice to see her making homemade Bellini. I thought that was pretty good. That was a nice moment. Uh, yeah, oh, really? Nice. Interesting. Love a good yeah. homemade Bellini. Yeah. Okay. You you really do. Mm-hmm. You um, really oh, I wrote this down when we were talking. The A-Train scene when he's talking to Ashley. Ashley's lied about her Insta is nothing but black screens. Uh, yeah. Very great, funny. Great callback to, uh, like, what, two years ago now? Yeah. Or mm-hmm. a year ago? Two years ago, uh, yeah. Uh, the... Um, 
uh, bah, 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 bah. oh, the, we had a Maven Starlight scene here. I think Maeve's uh, operating in an interesting position this season. She's like sort of a power broker. I'm curious how she's going to come in at some point here. It's also weird because it's like we spent so much time worrying about Maeve and her partner and like her being under th- Homelander's thumb. And now it just seems like she can operate however she wants and isn't an issue. Um, so I want more Maeve. Yeah. yeah. Maeve does seem of any of the characters very underused this season. And that might be part of her just not having anything at this point. Like she blew up her entire life towards the end of the season last year. So now she's just training, not drinking. That's all she has going on. She doesn't have any friends. She doesn't like anybody. She's not with her girlfriend. So I definitely want more from her because she's great, but she seems to be missing in these episodes a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Loved uh, Huey all over the Russian news being uh, oh yeah that was hilarious uh, cuckolded uh, by Homelander and Starlight I thought it was funny and also uh, on the uh, just sort of like world building thing when they get to Russia they pass by there's all this graffiti of yeah. the seven sort of exaggerated very like critical of American culture which I thought was really cool like it looked neat yeah. and it did it that is shot. Something- yeah, that whole thing where it was just kind of like rush at night and where like the kind of uh, the artistry comes out was very, very cool and well done. Yeah. And obviously we had a big reveal that when we've been talking about the seven all this time, we're talking about seven dildos in a cabinet. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, real quick, which one would you like to own the best? Pete, why don't you go first? I'm good on dildos, but thank you for. Oh, you're good. You're you are up. good you're on dildos. All. I have all of them. I'm good. I don't need more. I appreciate <laughs> Gotta it. Gotta collect like Pokemon. Yeah, uh, the Starlight one with the light up stars was pretty cool. <laughs> that was very nice. Which was the, the whole letter one? Part? Yeah, the whole uh, letter one. No thanks. Uh, the Black Noir one. Did that did cut immediately? That that's the one apart? she put right through the guys. Yeah, uh, that was the, the yeah the first one, and it was hilarious the way that was typed. Where you know you think like, okay, she's gonna get in, and, and no, it's like right away. It was mm-hmm. just uh, yeah. really fun and uh, a great. I mean, just great comedic timing for that. Oh, and playing "I Will Survive" in Russian as yeah, well. Was very, very fun. fun. Uh, one other thing I want to call out was just a great piece of writing. I think the writing on this show is is so good, both from just a keeping all the chess pieces on the board and moving them slightly each episode, down to the dialogue, which we've called out a bunch of great dialogue here. But the moment when um, Homelander walks in um, and Stan is there and he shouts out his blood pressure, uh, his heart rate, um, and is like, wow, you are ice cold even though your life is falling apart. And that was such a cool, on-character way for Homelander to call out Stan and to show that Stan... May not be a soup, but he is sort of superhumanly in command of his situation at all times. Also, a lot of like fun, creepy entrances by Homelander where it was like, hey, what are you guys talking about? Like, or he's just in the room, just kind of like, oh, man, so creepy. Yeah. Oh, we also didn't uh, just to drive home further the Trumpism in this episode. Homelander gets taco bowls for everybody to welcome Supersonic, yeah. which is the yeah, thing said, that Trump did, where he was like, "Love the taco bowl at Trump Tower." We said we have the best taco bowls in the country, or something, and Homelander sort of echoes that line here, which is very funny. Yeah. 
Before we wrap up here, though, who was the best boy in this episode? Justin, you want to go first? Who was your best boy? Tough app, lot of a uh, tough app for a lot of our a lot of our best boys. I think. Um, I mean, this was a full on Homelander power grab episode, but I can't give it to him. Uh, so I want to give it up to uh, to Stan for um, maintaining his composure at all costs. I do think uh, he, as Pete says, he's off the board right now, but he's uh, not down and out. I got to throw it out to Huey this episode. Just how. Ooh. Well, no, he's making some bad moves, some absolutely terrible moves here. But I do think the way that Jack Quaid is playing it, just really at his bitter end, just trying to make something of himself, trying to do something, trying to be as anti-Huey as possible, and trying to be Butcher. Like, that's essentially what he's trying to do here. And it's turning out horribly, and it's probably going to turn out even more horribly. I, I, it's a really interesting plot line. Yeah. What about you, Pete? Who's your best boy? Uh, I gotta give it to a uh, female. I don't know uh, if we're gonna see her again. So uh, I enjoyed the crap out of her every time she was on screen, and uh, one of my favorite characters. So hopefully, it's not over for her. I think she'll. I have a feeling she'll be okay. We'll see what happens though on the next episode. And in the meantime, if you want to support us, Patreon.com/slash Comic Book Club. Also, do we a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about the boys. Apple, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show here at Number Four The Boys on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time. We're all boys. What? <laughs> Again, you, I really got to go back and listen to the first two seasons because I don't I don't remember the sign up. When no. you think about it, sleeping is like a quiet podcast where your brain does the talking. Whoa.